We're going to go straight into our reading. It's from uh, Matthew's Gospel. I don't know, Wendy, are you geared up to read? Yes. Do come and join us then. <laughs> we couldn't see you for a few moments there. So Wendy's going to read to us from Matthew chapter 3. Oh, good morning. The baptism of Jesus. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. And then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. This is the word of the Lord. <clears throat> Thanks be to God. <clears throat> so, Father, thank you that we have the precious gift of your word to, to guide us and inspire us. Help us to be open now to what you would say to us this morning and apply it to our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> well, uh, 2023 has arrived probably hasn't uh, passed you by that one, out with the old, in with the new. Bye-bye 2022, good riddance. Uh, don't know about you, I'm quite excited about uh, 2023 and all that it will bring. Uh, we've got this new vicar chap arriving in 23 days time, so um, that will relieve a little bit of pressure. Uh, Dan and his wife moving into a vicarage uh, later on this week and uh, we're anticipating all that God will do in our midst as uh, they come and, and join us. There's other things to look forward to in 2023 of course. I'm sure at the forefront of your mind is the fact that it's another Ashes cricket year. <laughs> yeah, lots of you I can see. Well, there's about four people anyway who are vaguely interested in that. It's always uh, a little bit anticipated in the Peterson household. Um, you'll be thinking of other things, perhaps, that you're very much looking forward to in 2023. There will be new challenges, there will be fresh opportunities, some things we can foresee and uh, plenty of others that we can't. But is it out with the old and in with the new? Maybe not. In fact, that question mark is very, very deliberate. Because actually 2023 is a continuation of 2022. And many of the challenges, of course, are still the same. The cost of living crisis is one that is very real and will continue to affect us and those we love, so many people in this local community for a long time ahead. We continue to hold those concerns over what's going on in Ukraine and in other parts of the world. We're very aware of the effects, the ongoing effects, continuing effects of climate change. 
There'll be personal issues, challenges, griefs, struggles that were there in 2022, which are still very much with us in this new year. The good news, of course, is that in all of this mess, God is still with us every step of the way. And I hope that each of us will put our hands in his as he leads us into new territory. Well, this morning we're exploring this, uh, this short passage from uh, Matthew's Gospel, from Matthew chapter 3. It's one of the set readings for this first Sunday of the season of Epiphany. It might seem like familiar territory, the baptism of Jesus. It seems to mark a new start. It precedes the ministry of Jesus. But there's more to this short passage, I believe, than meets the eye. It's not just a description of the significant event in Jesus' life. It's not a case of out with the old and in with the new. These verses are full of allusions to the Old Testament, which really promotes its significance to Matthew's readers and reminds us that Jesus' coming, his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, a part of God's ongoing story. Matthew, of course, is writing primarily to a Jewish audience. So he's very keen to emphasize the continuity that Jesus provides to what's gone before. It's not out with the old and in with the new. Let's make one or two connections along the way. First of all, location, location, location. There's a very simple verse that begins this little section we read this morning. It says, then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan. Now that's um, a very a simple descriptive line. It would be very easy just to gloss over it. It's just a fact. Jesus moved from here to there. The distance, it's quite a large one. It could, could be up to 65 kilometers, depending on exactly where Jesus was. Up to three days' journey through Gentile territory. It's a very deliberate journey on Jesus' part. It's not as if he just popped out to Tesco's for a pint of milk and happened to bump into his cousin John. Why the Jordan? Well, that was where the Israelites had crossed over into the Promised Land. It's also where Moses had passed on leadership to Joshua and Elijah had passed on the mantle to Elisha. It's a significant place. It's been significant at key moments in Jewish history. And something new is happening here. But it's in continuity with what has gone before and builds on what has gone before. And so in this place, this very special place, John is baptizing. And John is grasping the weirdness of the situation. He knows Jesus' true identity, the Messiah, the Chosen One. And he points out to Jesus, surely Jesus, you should be the one baptizing me. But Jesus' response is this. He says, no, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Righteousness is a really strong theme in the Old Testament. Jesus didn't need to be baptized in the sense that John was offering a baptism of repentance 
for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus was without sin. But this baptism was still significant and important for him. Firstly, it did mark the beginning of his adult ministry, a ministry that would turn the world upside down. Baptism showed his submission to the Father and humility in being served by another. So Jesus is setting out and walking a faithful path. And then in baptism, Jesus is identifying with those he came to save, with sinful humanity, those whose story has been told in the pages of the Old Testament and those still to come. He's acknowledging people's need of cleansing and a new start, something, of course, that would be powerfully enacted three years later on the cross. And having received this baptism and risen up out of the water, there's this beautiful scene where Jesus receives the affirmation of the Father, a voice from heaven. And there's much resonance with Old Testament themes here too. Did you hear the words of, Jesus, of, um, of God to his, his son? This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. There are echoes of Genesis chapter 22 and verse 2 where God says to Abraham, take your son, your only son, who you love. In that situation, of course, Abraham is told to go and sacrifice his son Isaac, an act that, in the end, doesn't have to be followed through. But you see the similarities in the language and, of course, what would follow for Jesus, where he would become the sacrificial offering on the cross. And then there are really strong echoes of Isaiah 42, one of the servant songs as well, where Isaiah writes, Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him. Notice any similarities in those words from several hundred years before Jesus into this point of baptism and the start of his new ministry? This continuity And a Jew reading or hearing this passage would notice these connections and see what Matthew was claiming was going on. There's more to these few words in Matthew 3 than meets the eye. And on that note, I hope and pray that we'll have a hunger and a thirst to really discover the riches of God's word as we go into this new year. We won't just look for a superficial reading of scripture, but we'll look deeper. We'll make connections. And I trust that those of us who speak at the front will help you to do that. And so a new era is beginning. In Matthew 1 and 2, the scene has been set with the genealogy, the birth narrative, and the events of Jesus' early months. Matthew 3 jumps to his baptism, age 30. Matthew 4 will lead us via a temptation narrative into Jesus' ministry. The temptation narrative where, again, there is much Old Testament reference. There's continuity in what's gone before. And we gradually see God's new covenant relationship with his people unfolding. And right at the start of this crazy time, Jesus hears and receives 
his father's affirmation. Simple but profound. This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. He hasn't done anything yet. But God the father delights in him. He delights in everything about his son and what that son represents. And Jesus goes into his adult ministry feeling totally affirmed and confident in his father's love and empowered by the Spirit's touch. It's a beautiful, beautiful scene. As we reflect on the beginning of Jesus' adult ministry, we do well to reflect on our own walk with God at the beginning of this new year. A walk with God which is in continuity with what has gone before. And what might God say of us as we journey through the next 12 months together? I hope, like me, that your aspiration is that the Spirit might rest upon you and that your loving Heavenly Father would say of you, this is my son, this is my daughter whom I love. With them I am well pleased. At Christchurch, we go into 2023 building on what's gone before. We have this sense of anticipation as Dan and Julia join us. But it's not a case of out with the old, in with the new. Dan's ministry will build on the foundations we've set, which in turn has built on the service and the ministry of those who've gone before. It feels like an appropriate moment just to briefly reflect on the last 18 months while we've been in vacancy here at Christchurch. And I'm just so grateful for the team of people who've been part of, of leading us forward during this time. Some of us have been at the front doing lots of things, but so many have actually been doing things in the background, and they've just faithfully got on with the things that they do week in, week out, largely unnoticed. People like the projection and sound teams, people like those who welcome, people like those who do the children's work and the youth work, people who set up our midweek services, people who lead the midweek groups, the prayer team, the care coordinators team. There are so, the musicians, there are so many people. If I've forgotten you, please forgive me. And God has been faithful to us. And it's been great, actually, that during this time that we've been able to establish one or two new ministries engaging with the wider community. It's great that we've got two new deck coaches working with our CAP Centre. It's great that we've been able to uh, initiate the warm spaces on a Thursday, and this Thursday morning there are about 70 people here for that, uh, for that activity. Do come along on a Thursday morning and be part of that. It's been great that we've been able to uh, initiate the, um, the Vintage Adventure under Anne Louise's leadership uh, as well, based down at Quakers Road. There have been so many other things going on. And so as Dan and Julia join us, we're in a, you know, we're in a reasonably good place. I know it's been frustrating, waiting for 18 months for a new vicar, but I actually don't think it's done us too much harm. God has been good. And uh, I want to say a big thank you. I know many people have said thank you to me. I appreciate that. But I want to say a big thank you to everyone who's uh, been part of our journey in this time. And it's great that many of you have joined us, have joined the worshipping community here at Christchurch in the last 18 months as well. And we hope you'll very much feel part of all that God will do as we move forward. We're all part of God's plans and purposes for this year and on into the future 
in his church gathered and in our lives scattered across the community, across the city and beyond. And this morning, I just wanted to give us an opportunity to commit afresh to walking with God and seeking to put him front and central in our lives. In baptism, there's the symbolism of cleansing and new life and a sense of true commitment, a commitment to a gracious walk with Jesus in his strength. Baptism, just a one-off event, which points to the lifelong journey of discipleship. And I love Eugene Peterson, no relation, his description of discipleship as that long obedience in the same direction. And I hope we're all committed to that. Some here have been traveling that road for many, many years. For others, it's something that's relatively new. But it never hurts to recommit to walking that road wherever it might lead. Perhaps if we can have the prayer on the screen, Sharon. Um, Our Methodist friends start the year with a covenant service. In fact, uh, two weeks' time, uh, we're we're doing a pulpit swap. So the local ministers group, which meets every month and prays together and shares together, uh, we've arranged a, a swap of all the different sort of speakers, church leaders. So in two weeks' time, we've got Naomi Sharp from the uh, Methodist Church uh, coming and speaking here at 10.30 and also at Quakers Road uh, before. So our Methodist friends have used this uh, prayer in Methodist churches since the middle of the 18th century. It was originally penned by John Wesley, one of the founders of Methodism. The words have been updated slightly, but it's a prayer of commitment. It's a prayer of us covenanting with God in response to his covenant with us. It's a really challenging prayer to pray. (laughs) I was uh, praying it with a 9.15 congregation earlier and uh, thinking about some of the words contained in this passage. Just have a look at something of what it expresses there. It's an honest prayer. It's a prayer that says, whatever this year might bring, I want to honour you, Lord. Even if it means some of the things that I take for granted are taken away from me. It recognises that life will have its challenges. It acknowledges that day by day we have choices to make. But I hope that you'll feel able to pray it with me. So why don't we stand, and if you feel able to join in with this prayer, please do. It's going to lead us into uh, further sung worship, so perhaps if the musicians uh, are ready, we're going to have a slightly extended time of worship as our response to God and all that he's done for us and in us. And as I say, this is very much in continuity with what's gone before, as we're part of God's ongoing story in this place and in this community. So do join with me if you feel able. I am no longer my own but yours. Put me to what you will. Rank me with whom you will. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed for you or laid aside for you. Exalted for you or brought low for you. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and wholeheartedly 
yield all things to your pleasure and disposal. And now, glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are mine and I am yours. So be it. And the covenant now made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. <laughs>